What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. How you doing? And as a song says, I really hope you like it. Got a great show for you today. This is actually episode 70 in the history of the Matthew West Podcast, in case anybody was counting. And if you're not having a great day, guess what? It's about to get better. You're going to get inspired and encouraged. That's what I pray every episode will do in your life, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, good, bad, broken, whatever it might be. Get ready for some encouraging time for you to take a deep breath and uh, just to be reminded who the author of your story is. And before I get into today's guest and introduce who she is, I'm super fired up about it, by the way. There's a, there's so many things I want to tell you first, though, and uh, where to start. I would just say that I've had a blast on tour with Casting Crowns. Thanks to all of you who've come out to see the shows. It has been so much fun. And on the Only Jesus Tour, we only have a few more cities left. So uh, if you want to find out where we're performing next with Casting Crowns, you can go to MatthewWest.com. Uh, we've got a few more dates uh, through the end of October. Now, in addition, in addition to that, we have just announced eight select cities for a special Christmas tour, and it's called We Need Christmas. And if you want to find out how you can attend one of our Christmas concerts, again, MatthewWest.com slash tour is the place to check that out. We might throw in a special virtual concert as well for those who are unable to attend or don't live near the cities we're going to be traveling. And of course, the title of the tour usually is decided based on the title of, I don't know, maybe a new record. I just announced it in case you guys missed it. A brand new Christmas album coming your way. We Need Christmas. It's coming out October 29th. Too early, some might say. Not for me. Because guess what? It's been a hard year and we need Christmas. We need all the feels. And I hope this album's going to give you all the feels. I'm going to be signing some autographed copies. We'll make them available at MatthewWest.com at the merch store. So be sure to check that out. Speaking of merch, the last order of business. What comes before Christmas? Thanksgiving. And who wrote a song about Thanksgiving called Gobble Gobble? Yours truly, guys. And that song's coming back around, but we are prepared for more than just that song this Thanksgiving. We want to make sure you and your family are prepared with your own Gobble Gobble merch. So we've got some uh, special Daddy Gobble Gobble shirts, Mama Gobble Gobble, Lil Gobble Gobble. We even got little bandanas, I think, for for the pet in your life. So uh, it's going to be fun and uh, just a fun thing we thought we would do for Thanksgiving where we can all be singing Gobble Gobble 1, Gobble Gobble 2, Gobble Gobble Me. Gobble, gobble you, and you can be wearing the turkey shirt, all right? So don't be a turkey and miss out on it. You've also heard about all the the shipping delays that they're warning us about, so make sure you don't wait too long. Go to MatthewWest.com to uh, check out all the merch. We've got some cool Truth Be Told t-shirts as well, and of course, the Christmas record will be there. So that's all of the orders of business. Just wanted to make sure all that stuff is on your radar. Lots of good stuff, lots of exciting stuff. And speaking of exciting, I am excited for today's guest. My guest today here at the Story House knows a thing or two about being strong under pressure. She competed in season 24 of The Bachelor. In doing so, she drew on the strength that was already within her, and she was able to stay true to herself, something that's not easy 
to do on a show like that on national television. In her new book, it's called Made for This Moment, today's guest explores the biblical story of Esther as she takes a deeper look at being ready for times in life that make you, challenge you, and change you. Uh, This book, and I believe today's interview, is going to help you navigate the complex realities of living in an age of social media and confusing standards. Today's guests believe God's timing is not a mistake and that we were made for such a time as this. I love that. I don't know that my daughters have ever been so excited for a guest on the podcast, and they had to make sure they got a picture with her. Let's go to the story house with Madison Pruitt. She's here. She has a a sore throat. She's going to tell us why. (laughs) It's not COVID-related. It's because why? Because I've been just yelling Jesus music. Yelling Jesus yes. music. Her name is Madison Pruitt. <laughs> um, should I call you Pastor Pruitt though? Oh God, I haven't gotten that yet. Because you um, you have your degree in pastoral leadership, mm-hmm. a certificate in ministry in pastoral leadership. So, I do. But nobody calls you Pastor Pruitt? No one calls me Pastor Pruitt. I haven't gotten that yet. So you're more known from being on... Season twenty four, The Bachelor, yes. but but we're gonna get to know Pastor Pruitt today. Let's get let's get to know Pastor Pruitt. But you were just singing Jesus music mm-hmm. for where was this and what was? What was I was going at on? a young adults retreat, just a bunch of different people from all over the world, all over like the country, just coming together. A bunch of different people who do a lot of different stuff, you know, having influence in different areas, politics, social media, sports, all kinds really? of different areas. Yeah, and just all coming together. Was it all women? Uh, no, it was about 200 of us, guys and girls, and just worshiping Jesus, just being poured into. Uh, Jenny Allen was there, Lisa Bevere was there. I mean, just pouring into people, and it was awesome. It was so really good. good, yeah. And that was here in Nashville? Here or here in somewhere? Nashville, mm-hmm. You don't live in Nashville. You are you live in Dallas, you were telling me. I live me. in Dallas. I'm six months in. I'm from Alabama. Okay. So, you know, born and raised in Alabama, moved to Dallas about six months ago, loving it. Okay. Is are there similarities between Alabama and Dallas? No. No, I, none no. at all. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I would say the people are still it's still kind of that southern feel. Friendliness and very or... friendly, very kind. Still that church culture, you know? Yeah. Uh so I would say that is is similar. Sports are still a big deal. You know, sports are huge in Alabama. But other than that, I mean, it's, you know, it's a much bigger city, so much more diversity, so much more opportunity, so much, so much to do, you know, in Alabama, it's a little bit more of that small town, unless you're in Birmingham, Birmingham right. has some, you know, some of that. So did you grow up in a small town in Alabama? So I lived in Auburn most of my life. Okay. You went to Auburn, I went but to you Auburn. lived in Auburn? So my dad coaches at Auburn University. Your dad coaches at yes. Auburn. I think I knew this. Yes. So we're all there. Or we were all there. My family's still there. Okay. I, I want to tell you, I'm just going to start this interview off by saying that almost the entirety of my research for this interview came, <laughs> but I didn't even have to research. Normally I do extensive research, right, right. but for you, I just had to go to my 12 year old daughter, Delaney. <laughs> She freaked out when I told her. I'm like, I'm so she gave you all the stats, all the she, things. She's like, oh, I follow her on Instagram. She's so inspirational. Oh. She's like, I'm freaking out right now. Dad, can you have her come to the story house? This is the sto- you're at the story yes, house, by yes. the way. That's the name of this building. I love that. She's like, have her come to the story house right when I'm about to get out of school. Oh my god! So I can say hi. She would be I so mad at me that. if I told her all that. So. <laughs> but she told me all the things, and I think she told me Madison Pruitt's dad is a coach. Mm-hmm. 
at Auburn, a basketball coach? Yes. So he's one of the coaches at Auburn men's basketball, and he actually coached me my whole life. So I played basketball for my dad my whole life. You did? Yes. And then- Were you a stud? I, I mean- Come on, just brag a little bit. Let's brag. I can't brag. I will say my team, we were a really good team. Like good I was the point high, guard. Good high school team. Good high school team. I was the point guard. We won four out of five state championships. Dang. So I got a lot of rings. I would have guessed you were a point guard mm-hmm. if you if I knew you played basketball. Because yeah, I didn't start you're off not, a point you're guard. You're not six five. I mean no, you're you I'm know. pretty you know, I'm pretty short. People actually that's like one of the first things people say. They're like, wait, you're way shorter like than I thought you would be. They say that? <laughs> yes. Why do people say that? I don't know. One time I was <laughs> <laughs> One time I was, uh, this was at the very beginning of my recording career. I didn't have a career yet. I was just like booking shows on my own. Yeah. And I had booked some show in a small town in Illinois and they were going to put me on like a flatbed truck. It was so embarrassing. But here's what's more embarrassing. I rolled up to the Dairy Queen because I was early and I was like, back in those days, it's like small town. Right. I'm going to go to the DQ. Like what else? Yeah. <laughs> so I ordered a blizzard. Yeah. And the lady at the drive-thru window, while they're waiting for my blizzard to come, she looks at me, and then she looks at the wall. She looks at me. She looks at the wall. I look at the wall. I see a poster of me. Oh, no. And she's like, she's studying it. Like, going, yeah, she's she trying goes, to figure it out. She goes, is that you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of felt good. Like, I just got recognized. Right, right. She goes, huh. And as she hands me the blizzard, she goes, you're a lot chubbier in person. Oh, my. <laughs> Gosh, you did okay, not. true story. I handed her back the blizzard no. and said, "You can keep that. Thanks Stop. for the motivation." And I drove off. No. <laughs> but people say what's people on their do- mind. Yes, it's crazy. I have been actually very surprised because you know reality TV is like it's not like you were like an actor like in a movie or anything. You know, like it's it's your real life. It's you. You know, and so it's so interesting. Like people will just say the craziest of things. People will freak out. People will like chase you down. Okay. So is it in person? Yes. Okay. Because I I would imagine, I mean, people, obviously we know what people do on social media and they feel like they have this veil of protection. They can say Say whatever they want, good, bad, ugly. Right. But you're saying you've had personal encounters with people since you've been on The Bachelor and they will just come up to you and no filter. Right. Thankfully, I have not had anyone come up to me in person saying anything negative. Okay. It's all all the in person. It's all been positive. <laughs> now, let me tell you, social media, on the other hand, yeah, I've had to protect myself. I, I actually came off the show and I kind of said in my mind, I was like, you know, I honestly don't really want to read anything like because I don't want to read the good. I don't want my head to get big. I don't want to read the bad and like be so insecure. So wow. I was like, either way, I know why I'm here. I know why God's called me. I know who I am and I don't really need to listen to the other voices. And so that's really helped because Did, all my friends who have read all that stuff, it's been. They get defensive for you probably, right? Well, all yeah, your buddies. My mom gets so, oh, mom. <laughs> my mom's like ready to fight someone. I'm like, mom, it's okay. It's Let's talk about mom for a second. So yeah. mom and dad, for you to be able to have the discernment to go, you know what? I don't want to pay attention too much to the praise. Right. I certainly don't want to pay attention to the criticism. Right. Um, you know, that takes some wisdom, that takes discernment. And we're going to talk about where that comes from yeah, for you totally. and what matters to you. But how much of it comes from the way you were raised? I mean, did you have your parents speaking into your life while you were going through The Bachelor? Were you able to stay in communication with them? Did that encouragement come from them or was it from other sources reminding you of that? Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian home, you know, and and both of my parents, big believers, love the Lord so much. And I saw that played out in not so much of a legalistic religious way, but in an actual beautiful, like personal, intimate way. Wow. And so it was something I wanted from the beginning because I saw 
it kind of in my parents' lives and hearts. And, you know, and so ever since I was a little girl, like they always spoke life for me. Like my dad would always be like, you're my little dreamer. Like you're a dreamer. And my mom would be like, you're a world changer. You're going to change the world. And like, that was you're what a I- point guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be a baller. You're going to be a basketball player. Literally, like I grew up hearing those things all the time. And so it's crazy just how your environment really does sh- like have a huge effect on you and it shapes you so much. And so, you know, and I, I'm so blessed and so fortunate, like all the time, I'm like, God, why me? Like, praise God. Like, thank you for blessing me with incredible parents that just believed in yeah. me and spoke life over me, you, you know? Do you ever think about the more you're alive, the more you're around other people, the more you get to know other people's stories, right. has it hit you more in recent years or recent memory going, wow, I really am in the minority to have the blessing of a mom and a dad who yeah. who did what you just said, spoke life totally. over you. You realize, like, it's funny, I've been working on a, a new book and I started writing a story about how my buddies growing up loved hanging out with my dad. Mm. And sometimes I would get kind of annoyed because you don't yeah. want, it's like, it's like my daughters, if their friends want to meet me because of my music or whatever, right. my daughters are annoyed by that, right? right? Totally. And But I, I look back now and I realize a lot of my friends were living in broken homes. Mm. They were getting an attention from my dad that they weren't getting from their own dad. Right. And I think later in life, I've become more grateful for the kind of upbringing. It sounds like you and I have had similar yeah. upbringings. Your yeah. parents going, you're a dreamer. You can do this. Yeah. We're going to speak life over totally. you. That's pretty powerful. Did you have people who had already been on The Bachelor or Bachelorette who also made that encouragement for you not to like focus on the praise or the criticism or like, do they have like therapists or something that come in and like help Listen, coach you? Cause your life's and, about to it was flip me and Jesus. upside down. It was me and the Holy Spirit. Me and Jesus. I, had. I had me and the Holy Spirit. Cause you, you asked earlier, you know, when you go on the show, you're cut off from pretty much everything that has made you, you, your whole life, everything you've been dependent on, you know, like you don't have you can't, access to those friends, to your family, to your church. You don't have music. You don't have any of those things. You're thrown so into you're this totally thrown, different environment. You're just thrown out there Dang. and you're like, all right, good luck. Like, let's see what you got. And that's why I speak so much to it's so important like how you in, like how you invest in yourself because when pressure hits what's inside of you is what's going to come out of you I literally had to live that out because I was like man I hope I have everything I need because I don't have time here to be like investing and time to be building this is the time where it's like getting put to the test you know what I mean say that again when pressure hits when what? pressure hits, what's inside of you is what's going to come out of you. Come on. This is probably where I should have started, but we're having a party today. Like, yeah. we're celebrating. <laughs> we're celebrating. All right. we. I forgot the streamers. I forgot the cake. That was perfect. In fact, I forgot everything. I didn't even... I offered you a drink, but you've already got... I got uh, a some Coke. Sort of, you got a Coke. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're good. But we are celebrating today, minus the streamers and the cake, because just yesterday, a book that has very similar theme to what you just said about pressure and you know a little bit about it with what you've been through your book just came out yesterday crazy it's hot off the presses i'm holding a copy of it in mm. my hands how much do you charge for autographs these days <laughs> what is, do i have to talk to your agent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll let you know it's she'll for my it. daughter she's a good kid uh your book just came out yesterday it's called made for this moment standing firm with strength grace mm. Encourage. I'm willing to bet much of this book, obviously, 
what's informed this book has been your lifelong experience mm -hmm. from how your parents raised you to your entire life up to this point. But a lot of the pressure cooker situation from season 24 of The Bachelor yeah. also went into the yeah. inspiration of this book. Is that, yeah. is that what this is about, being made for this moment? Yeah. So actually, when I when I felt led to go on the show on The Bachelor, I it was something that, and I kind of tell the whole story because, you know, a lot of people were like, huh, you felt led to go on The Bachelor? So in the book, you tell the whole <laughs> I story. I tell the whole story okay. on The Bachelor because that's like probably one of the biggest questions I get asked. Wait, so people, they look sideways at that yes. statement feeling led? Yes. Okay. Like what? The spirit would lead you to go on The Bachelor? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like, a little bizarre. <laughs> almost like a in a judgmental bizarre. Christian kind of way? Yeah. That, okay. Mm -hmm. So you talk know, about that. I, I mean, I would say, honestly, some of my biggest, uh, you know, kind of pushback was from the church, you know, and a lot of people not, which I, and I get it. Cause to be honest with you, I didn't watch the show before I went on it because I didn't, I didn't agree with what it was about. So for me personally, I'm like, I totally get it. You know where they're coming from of like, why would you go on a show like that? Okay. And I'm like, okay. So it's kind of ironic. The Lord's like, Hey, I'm going to use you in the very environment <laughs> that like you wouldn't even that like, you wouldn't have even yes, watched. Exactly. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, it's so interesting. And I think that's why it's so cool to me that we can't put God in a box. You know, he can use anyone, anywhere, anytime. And it's like, to me, it's just like my whole story. And, and as I take people through this book, you know, through my entire story from beginning before, like from when I was a little girl, all the way through the bachelor to now, it's like, it, it just shows me like God is so much like he's so big and like he can't be contained. He can't be boxed in. It's not just within the four walls of a church. Like he sends us out. And sometimes it doesn't look the way we thought it was going to look. Like you said, I went through Bible college. I thought like I had no idea that was the path for my life. So you know, yeah. I graduated and I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go preach and I'm going to do all these things. And even though I am, you know, pretty much doing that now, I would have never imagined it would have been the route and the, and the way that I got there. Yeah. And not the safe, you know, not the safe no. play, not the safe route it's i it makes me think of and not to compare the bachelor to nineveh but like <laughs> right. the story of jonah in the right. bible totally. like god called jonah his faithful servant not to go where it was going to be easy yeah. and there's a reason i mean jonah was so scared to go to this place called mm. nineveh it must have been a pretty rough place or a rough mm. environment where he was going to be counterculture right, he was yeah. going to be against the flow he was so scared that he ran and got swallowed up by a whale mm. as opposed to following god's plan now mm. then he eventually went and obeyed but yeah. You know, God calling us to things totally. doesn't. So for you to say you felt led to go to The Bachelor, yeah. I mean, that would follow up in line with so many stories along the way throughout Scripture yeah. of God calling us to difficult places or mm. places where we're going to have to stand up for what we believe. We're going to be under pressure. And we're going to find out what's really inside of us. So before we get too far into the theme of the book. Yeah. I told you off air yep. that we, every guest, I ask them to tell me their blue couch story. So you've already started to allude to it about how you grew up in a Christian home. But I love asking everybody that I get to have on the show, what moment in their life where their faith became not just a family connection, not just an affiliation, not yeah. just a check the box to do list. I went to church kind of thing, but where it was like, no, I believe in God. I believe yeah. he's the author of my story and I want to trust him mm. with my life. And yeah. mine was a blue couch story, sitting on a blue couch watching a Billy Graham crusade. Yeah. What's yours? You know, I feel like 
I actually had, I encountered Jesus at a very young age and actually experienced some pretty radical, crazy things in a good way from a very young age. And so my relationship with Jesus was was formed pretty early. That's awesome. But I would say, you know, I kind of going into high school, I feel like I got caught up in the in the usual stuff. You know, it's like yeah, I yeah. care about the boys. I care about the labels. I care about the followers. Sure, I care about, sure. you know, all of these things. And, and I was playing basketball. I cared about the championship and the accolades and all of these things that I could get just to like be able to be like, look at who I am, right. you know, that kind of thing. And so I definitely got caught up in a lot of those things. At the same time, I was still, you know, leading in, in different ways, um, bringing my faith into different environments and really had always been that person, you know, that was kind of just like, I- I'm never going to just do what everybody wants me to do or just follow what everybody else is doing. Like, I want to be the kind of person that, okay, what do I really believe? Who really am I? And then from that place, let me make my decisions. And so I was never really, and praise God, I feel like he gave me like that courage and that strength that I needed to stand up. To stand yeah. up. And that's, you know, that's always that's my awesome. answer when people ask me, you know, how do you have the strength? I'm like, well, I don't. Like the spirit in me does. Yeah. And praise God for that. But, and, and I was not perfect. Of course, I had moments where I, I did fold under pressure. I wasn't always, you know, myself or a good representation of Christ. But I will say, I feel like for the most part, I really was blessed to kind of have that. But then I think it kind of did in high school become more of like this religious thing of like, okay, I need to do this. I should do this rather than like, you know, my parents, like it was about a reputation. Like this is how my parents raised me. This is what church says. You know, this is what people are counting on me for. Then I would say I came into college and that was really the first time where I was fully on my own and nobody was around. And I was in my dorm room by myself and I was watching all of these people that I'd gone to high school with because I, I I went to high school in Auburn, then I went to Auburn University. So a lot of people that I knew, you know, went wow. to my, my yeah, college okay. with me. And these people I'd been doing life with, I thought, you know, we were all on the same page. They started making totally different life decisions than me. I was like, man, like every, you know, everyone's starting to go in this direction. So then I start, I'm like, well, who am I? Like, what what am I going to do? You know? And I just remember having this moment in my dorm room freshman year and I was a few months in and I just remember being super discouraged. Like, you know, where are my people and what kind of life do I want to live? Is this really what college is going to be about? And I just had a moment where I was like, okay, Maddie, I need to, I need to ask myself, like, who, who am I? Who do I want to be? How do I want to be remembered? How do I want to live? What kind of choices do I want to make? Because my biggest thing, and this is actually something I talk a lot about in the book, is I I didn't want to make my biggest life choices in the heat of the moment and just hope that I had what it took. I wanted to, outside of the heat of the moment, know who I am, know what I believe, and then walk in that conviction no matter what environment I enter into. And I think so often we put ourselves in high pressure environments. We put ourselves in the heat of the moment and we're like, man, I hope I have what it takes to stand when those moments of pressure come. Or I hope I have the adrenaline I need, or I hope I have the strength I need. I hope I have the confidence and courage I need. And it's like, no, in the times where the pressure isn't there, when you're in the dorm room by yourself, when you're in your car, by whatever it is, like those are the moments where you're asking yourself those tough questions. Those are the moments where you're building, where you're investing, where you're figuring out who really am I and what do I really believe? And I knew like college was going to bring about some like really intense, like, 
you know, moments of pressure. Like I'm probably going to be alone with a guy in a room. I'm probably going to have moments, you know, where people are going to ask me to, to do this or do that. And and everyone else around me is doing that. So what am I going to do? And so I really honestly like brought up those exact scenarios to myself. And I was like, okay, if I'm alone in a room with a guy, if I'm in this situation, if I'm in this situation, like, what am I going to do? Like, what do I really believe? And what kind of life do I want to live? And in that moment, I, you know, just made a decision. So what you're describing, and this is what I love is like, I love everybody's answer to those questions of where their mind goes when they talk about moments where the faith became real to them. And what it illustrates to me is that God's desire for each one of our lives is not just to have a one and done moment with Mm. us. Like he walks with us and he talks with us. And it's not just as a kid growing up in your parents' church, although those are profound moments, it's not just saying a bedtime prayer with, you know, holding your mom's hand. It's not just me sitting on a blue couch. It's your dorm room and that freshman year. And it's, it's so many moments and probably blue couch moments during your time in The Bachelor. And selfishly, I was going to ask you a selfish question. You already started to answer it, which I love. But as a dad of two daughters who we start to look towards, it's funny, my daughters came home from a Labor Day trip they took with some friends who are huge Auburn people I like i mean they're so auburn <laughs> I love that. that it like so my auburn. daughters and my wife came back wearing auburn swag Absolutely, and i, I was like it. what's happening right now so this is the hard part is as a dad sometimes you go is this just a foregone conclusion that a kid grows up in a christian home has a personal faith but is going to have that season mm. at college where they're just getting hammered totally. and they're in the sororities or, you know, just being tempted yeah. and, and doing all these things. Like sometimes I get scared and I'm like, oh, I just want to, I want to send my kids to a school that's, you know, mm. there's a technical school two miles down the road. Just yeah. do that so I can keep an eye on you. Right. So unpack that just a little bit more. You talked about the importance of having a plan and you talk about it. I'm going to have my daughters read this book from yeah. chapter to chapter, from cover to cover. Yeah. Talk about what that looks like. Is it a foregone conclusion that you're mm. going to just completely lose your identity go off the deep end and make tons of mistakes and that's the only way to learn Mm. or is it possible to prepare your heart prepare your mind and know how to stand strong in a world that's fallen all around totally i love that question and and i think everything is going to trickle back down to what you value i think you make all of your life decisions from a place of what you value how you spend your time how you spend your treasures like how where you spend your affections all those things are going to come back down to like what you value and for me like like you were saying you know it was like these are my parents values these are my church's value yeah. values and for me it it did it took that moment of just me asking myself and I, and i honestly don't think that enough people do and it's why i wrote this book of you know let's not just one, conform to the world and just do what everybody else is doing. But two, let's not just count on our feelings to be able to give us what we need to stand firm. Because the truth is, even though your feelings are valid, they're not always right. And they're not always going to lead you in a way that's holy and pure that's and good. honoring to God. And Which oh my even, gosh, if I if I went by my feelings, I probably wouldn't be sitting here But right even now. that statement is yeah. counterculture. Oh, 100%. Right? I mean, even during your time on The Bachelor, how much of what you were seeing going on around you was 100% dictated on feelings? For sure. That's why I got looked at a little sideways. I got a lot of, I got a lot of brows raised. I got looked at a little <laughs> sideways sometimes. Like I'm like logical. They're like, everyone else is like, I'm so in love. I'm like, so, okay, life after this, do our callings and morals align? Do our faith align? I'm like literally thinking logically through everything. But you know, I do, I think that planning before, I mean, if you think about it, you know, like athletes, doctors, like all of these different people groups yeah. that we look up to, it's like, 
you, you know, artists, I mean, you go and perform somewhere. You don't just go, I mean, maybe spirit led, but like most of the time you have a game plan, yeah, you warm up, you prepare. Yeah. And I think so often we don't do that and we just go into situations. We just go into life and we're like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Right. Like we might train, you might train for basketball. Right. I might train for music. We treat our hobbies Craft, or our crafts yeah. or whatever it may be our aspirations in life but our actual character which is the most important is something that we just expect to show up and be in 100%. shape right uh, you know so you talk about uh chapter three the power of the preseason mm-hmm. is that's that basketball comes in it so comes much, in hard it comes in hard that's coach pruitt it is that's coach a coach pruitt, pruitt chapter, <laughs> yeah we got pastor it? pruitt we got coach pruitt yeah and a lot of what my dad taught me you know and him being my coach so good though. was so so I mean, sports place, in my opinion, I mean, I think probably because I grew up as an athlete, but they play such a close like relationship and role of just like the excellence and just like like there's a lot of parallels. Yes, there. Yeah. And just yeah. following following God, you know, and it's like I mean, it talks about, you know, no discipline is fun in the moment and scripture talks about that and training and preparation and having vision, having goals like, you know, and it, it just parallels so much with with sports. And so I talk a lot about in that chapter, just the power of preparation and why it's so important that you don't just show up game time hoping like oh, okay hope we're in shape like hope so hope good. hope we know the plays hope we know what to do it's like no like we've practiced and even before season started we did preseason so we practiced before the season like we've been preparing for these moments all along you know so when you got to the bachelor and you showed up on set i guess it's on set or what do you call Something like that, yeah. So <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Which, by the way, one of these days I need to show you. <laughs> we did a spoof on, I did a, like, sometimes I'll do these like, well, I think they're funny videos, but some other people think they're funny too. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of funny. I don't know. If <laughs> kind of a big deal. No, but I did this spoof video on, I did a Christian version of The Bachelor called oh, Equally Yoked. And I played, oh, and yeah. so anyways, like I need to see I this. played this bachelor named Shad, which is short for Shadrach. And I yeah. was homeschooled. Oh my anyways, um, <laughs> but, too funny. but when you showed up, mm-hmm. did you feel like, okay, I'm prepared for this moment. You said you felt led to it. Mm-hmm. When I hear you say that, I feel like that's coming from somebody. Okay. She said, I felt led to go to the bachelor. That means that I felt prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I felt to steal the title of your book made for this moment. Yeah. When you got there, did you feel like that was the case or or were you going like deer in the headlights? What have I gotten myself into? I'm just curious. You know, a little bit of both. A little bit of both, <laughs> which is, which is, that's the human right. answer. That's it's, the honest answer. Well, cause you have your flesh and you have your spirit and, and you know, my spirit was, I'm going to be obedient no matter the cost. And that was a, from coming from a place of surrender. Like, Lord, I know you're leading me here. So I'm going to trust that even though I had seen in previous I hadn't ever watched the shows, but I had heard from a lot of people that in previous seasons, Christianity wasn't painted very beautifully um, so or you were, in a very right, honorable light. Right. And so for me, it was like when I felt like that was what the Lord was, I was like, Lord, you know, I love you. I just don't know that I really want to be like a martyr for you. Like, I don't really know <laughs> I want to like <laughs> yeah, yeah. come under that kind of persecution. <laughs> like, I love you a lot, but like, I'm totally fine in Alabama right here. Gosh, nobody knowing who I am. See, 
that's like, I think that's a lot of us. We say, yeah. Lord, I love you. You know, for me as a kid, it was, Lord, I love you. Just don't send me to Africa as a missionary or whatever. Exactly. Like, that like, honest answer. Yeah. Of like, I want to be willing to lay it all on the line, but I kind of like the comforts of where 100%. I'm at. 100%. And like what in the box that other people put you in and you put yourself in of like, this is what I think that my life should look like and mm. where I feel like I'm supposed to go. And so for me, I had already had that like cookie cutter, like perfect little box I had put myself in of like, this is what it's going to look like, you know? And so for me, it just didn't align with my expectations or thoughts. And so it was a, it was a big step of faith and just surrender. So of course it was accompanied by a lot of fear, but it's kind of cool that you brought up the story of Jonah because I, I hadn't even really thought about that story. The book is actually kind of based on the story of Esther. That's what I want to ask you yeah, about. Yeah. And, Which in your Instagram profile, my daughter showed me uh, yeah. <laughs> that you, uh, you have a scripture in your, in your I Instagram. Do. I was going to ask you to quote that scripture mm-hmm. and tell me why it's important to you, but Esther 414. And, and the story of Esther is a big part of this book. I have a new favorite thing, and it's important because the fatigue and lack of endurance I can start to feel during the day can't always be fixed with more and more caffeine. Trust me, I've tried. Introducing my new favorite thing, a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that give you the energy you need, and they're good for you, too. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for that quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash because super beats heart chews unique clinically researched grape seed extract promote heart healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle i have absolutely loved adding these to my daily regimen and it tastes like i'm getting like a sweet treat because they are delicious the grape seed extract used in super beats heart chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Do more for your heart and treat yourself with Super Beats Heart Shoes. You can join over 1 million customers right now, get free shipping and returns, a 90-day money-back guarantee, and right now you can actually get a free 30-day supply with your first purchase at superbeats.com slash west. That's superbeats.com slash west. Go check it out today. You brought up the story of Jonah. And honestly, I kind of, you know, felt a little bit like that, like a little bit of that tug of just at first I cared so much about what other people thought. And I cared more about the image and like I knew it was going to be really hard. And I was like, sorry, Lord, you're just going to have to choose somebody else. And I was looking at all of those things instead of rather looking at, okay, God, what's your actual will for my life? And I just remember having like this crazy moment with the Lord. He like woke me up when I was in the, in the middle of sleeping. And I just remember it was like, okay. I, and it was like, I had this, like, I saw myself like standing face to face with him. And he's like, so, you know, look at all of these people. And there was like, it was like, we were in heaven. He's like all these people around. And he was like, so if you say yes, like maybe all these people are up here because you walked in obedience and you walked out your calling, which really has nothing to do with you, but you just said yes to me. And then it was like, or you can look at all these people and see that maybe they could have made it, but you didn't say yes. Wow. And I was like, 
dang. And he was like, yeah. And and if you say no, it's because you care more about yourself and more about other people Man. rather than saying yes to me. Yeah. And I was like, dang, you're right. <laughs> and so it was like that like eye-opening moment. I was like, dang, you're right. Like, like I'm sorry, that, Lord. That yeah. kind of conversation, that, right. that personal conversation with right. God, dang, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're right, Lord. I'm sorry, that's on me. But it's like, it's a humbling moment. And so I would say, you know, walking into the show, it was, it was coming from a place of surrender and peace. Like yeah. I knew it was where God was calling me, but it was like that, that shaky, like, Oh Lord, like I need you, well, you know? And did you feel like, were there times where they tried to paint you in a negative light because of your faith or did it wind up not being as where maybe your biggest fears weren't played out quite as much? Oh no, my fears were very much um, tried to be, <laughs> okay. they tried to be played out. I was asking politely. Cause yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say, you know, what's so cool is I have never been more covered in prayer in my entire life. That's cool. I had so many people, spirit filled people that were praying for me and that were lifting me up. And so I knew I was like, man, no matter what comes of this, like I know God's going to yeah. use it. And there were definitely moments where I was like, dang, like that was not exactly how that happened. Or, you know, like just feeling extremely misunderstood, which yeah. is just a, a scary place to be. Cause it's like, you want to justify yourself yeah. and you want to explain But You're yourself. not given the chance to really do that. You're not. They, you know? They're going to take it and maybe, I mean, did it feel manipulated at certain times or I, you know, I don't know if you're even free to talk about that kind of thing, but did you just feel like at times it was, it was just not a true representation of who you were or what your intentions were? Is that right? You know, I will say, I'll say this. I do feel like for the most part, like I was able to fully be myself Good. and I feel like people alongside of me actually physically there and people watching were able to see mm. like this girl is true to herself and not again, not to point fingers at myself. It was fully the Holy Spirit. It was fully the spirit inside of me. And I actually think it's so cool because I think that that was even, you know, why the bachelor, Peter Weber, I think that's why he was drawn to me is like, he saw God's spirit in me and he was like, man, like that's cool. Like mm. I want, I want to know more about that. And he didn't even know why he was drawn to me. He was just like, she's got something different, you know, and I want to know what it is. And I think that that was, you know, what led to so many cool moments, even with girls on the show, you know, coming to me like, how are you so confident? How are you so joyful? How are yeah, you undeniably yeah. yourself? Yeah. Like I'm watching other people change to be accepted, to be loved, to like, to get the approval, to perform well. You're just That's being good, yourself. Madison. Like how, how are you able to do that? Well, you know? the world is filled with thirsty people. Mm. And when they find a deep well near them, they're going to go to that well. Yeah. And that's what they saw in you was somebody who's, you were drinking some living water. You're, I mean, right. you're, you're tapping into a deeper well and they're coming to you and what they're seeing in you is what God's doing in your life. Yeah. And that's why he led you there. That's a powerful thing. Let's talk about why Esther, why mm -hmm. the story of Esther matters to you, why Esther 414 is in your IG bio, which did you know, I don't want to disappoint you, but you only have 1.7 million followers. <laughs> If only, if only you had 1.8, then you would be enough. Darn it. I mean, if only like that little bit more, you know, if only, if only, but after this interview, you're going to like skyrocket. Oh, for sure. We're going to be over two, you'll over feel two million. You know what I mean? Life. Let's talk about Esther 414 and, and yeah. how it inspired this book, the story of Esther. Yeah. So when I was praying about the show and if I, if I should do it or not, and God was continuing to lay it on my heart. Ironically enough, that was, you know, the story and the verse that just continued to just come back again and again and again. 
that verse to sum it up, um, basically is saying, but maybe you've been called to this royal position for such a time as this. And I just remember feeling like, man, I have been called for such a time as this, and I'm going to be obedient in that, and I'm going to walk that out in confidence and in courage awesome. and not, like, let fear stand in the way. And, and if you know anything about Esther, like, I mean, she came from a broken past. Like, she had to wa- walk through so much. Plus, she was in an environment that was not godly. The person she was married to did not have the same religious beliefs or, you know, she was not in a culture that was necessarily affirming to her beliefs and encouraging her in her faith. And she had a moment where she was literally faced with death. Like if I stand up for what I believe in, if I speak out, I could die. But if I don't, who am I? Like if I don't speak out, like who am I? And mm. and so she pretty much was faced with that moment of I got to make a decision here and I'm not going to shriek back in fear and not stand up for my people because I'm afraid. It's awesome. And I love that. And I love that she was bold enough to go before the king and, and stand up for her people, even though her life was on the line. Like her actual life. And even though most of us aren't faced with those kinds of situations, we are in different ways with, you know, like, I I mean, I can say at least for me, like I knew that there could be some attacks. There there could be some negative pictures being painted. There could be a lot of opinions. I didn't know what was going to come of it, but I was like, but if not me, then who? And who am I if I don't? And I knew God was calling me to it. And so I knew if I didn't, I was going to be disobedient. And that was something I was going to have to live with for the rest of my life. That makes total sense why that story would resonate with you so loudly. That's that's awesome. And you talk about it. chapter 12 is called The Cost of Standing Firm, mm. Cultivating Faith and Strength Through Moments of Loss. What is the cost of standing firm sometimes? You know, I think a lot of people never reach their full potential and never walk in the fullness of what God has for them because they're not willing to go through what it takes to get there. So kind of like the question that Esther was asking, was, yeah. well, who am I if exactly. I'm not willing to stand exactly. up here? And if you're not willing to go through the seasons of preparation, the seasons of pruning, the seasons of like all the things that it takes to get there, but then also what it takes to when you are there to stand firm, when you're under that pressure. If I, you know, for me, when I was in that environment, it was like, okay, do I stand up for my faith? Do I stand up for my purity? People are going to have a lot of negative things to say about that. But if I don't, then who am I? And I knew that God had called me again for such a time as this. I knew I'd gone on that show for a reason. And I was like, even if I just help one person, even if me sharing my purity helps some girl say, you know what? I'm going to do the same. I'm going to save myself Come from on, marriage. That's good. Then it's worth it. Yes. You know, I tried to live with that kind of conviction throughout the season and just, and that's how I try to live my life is just living with that conviction and knowing that there may be a cost. You may lose some friends. You may lose some followers. You may lose, I don't know. It, it's going to come with a lot yeah, along Curtis, the way, yeah. you know, yeah, because and, the path of purity is one that is right. laughed at right. in today's culture. Totally. I mean, just that as an example, as one way of standing up for what you believe, it's going to come with criticism. You right. faced all that, you, the criticism, the loss of, I mean, we're in such a divided time right now that, you know, based on your system of beliefs, like it's not, people aren't able to disagree and still mm. be friends anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, the the cost is great. But what's interesting that you're pointing out is that Perhaps the greatest cost beyond criticism, beyond mm-hmm. losing a circle of friends or a perceived circle of influence right. in today's pop culture or whatever, the greatest cost is never fully stepping into mm-hmm. who God created you. Totally. Back to that question, who am I? Mm-hmm. If I'm not willing to do this, of course, the, yeah. so the, the gains far outweigh the potential right. 
cost. Right. Well, so many live in, you know, because even comfort is a cost. You like, you're, you're going to risk being uncomfortable stepping into what God has for you. But I've seen so many people who do stay back. They stay in their comfort zone or they kind of live in, in, in just a little box. Like, sorry, God, no, this is, this is who I am. And this is what I'm going to do. You know, or some who just live under the pressures of the world and society of just like, I'm, I don't want to go against the grain. I don't want to step out. I don't want to stand, you know? And it's like, the, I just see them like, they lay their head down at night and they're like, is this all there is? Yeah. Like, is there more out there? And that's and, why they're drawn to you because they're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. she's stepping into the fullness of it. She's willing to stand up for what she believes. They want that. Mm-hmm. And on behalf of like a dad with two girls, like, you know, thank you for being willing to face whatever the cost of standing firm is so that you can set an example for, and I don't want to place too much pressure on you because I'm sure plenty of other people already do that. But I just see that in like, as I watch two daughters growing up and how few positive influences in their lives that are saying, Hey, you can actually choose this road and this is the admirable road. And there is a way to stand up for your, for your faith. And, uh, I, I just think that's a really powerful thing. So after you've gone through something like the bachelor, do you feel more fearless? Like, cause you know, we were talking at the beginning even about like, you know, people say all kinds of crazy things yeah. on social. And once you've been through a fire, like I imagine like when Daniel came out of the lion's den, <laughs> he's like, like, he's like, I, I can take it. Whatever. He must have yeah. been like, bring right. it on. Yeah, My on. God is going to protect me. Right. Let's go. Totally. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Remember like, yeah. I said, remember that? Remember that time? Yeah. yeah, yeah I was As if there. we were there. Yeah. <laughs> but like the thought of like coming out of a right. fiery furnace and they're, they're survived. Like imagine that I'm guessing not to compare your season in The Bachelor to a fiery <laughs> to, to, furnace, yeah. But like, hey, but a little, yeah. We, we, what it, the similarities yeah. are that hey, you stepped in, like right. the story of Esther, right? You stood up for what you believed. You stepped into where right. God was leading you. You didn't run away from Nineveh. You went straight to it. Yeah. Whatever the analogy might be, do you feel like you came out of that going, like, okay? <laughs> I was made for that moment. I stepped into that moment. Now I'm writing a book to tell other people yeah, how to yeah, do. Yeah. Do you feel more fearless as a result? I would say my biggest thing from all of it was like exactly what you just said. Like I want to just pour into others because I want them to be able to live this kind of a life of I was made on purpose and for a purpose. And I was called to walk in being entwined as one with Jesus and walk in the fullness of what he has for me. And I just see so many people don't do that. And it's like, they just live like, okay, like maybe, maybe I'll do something one day or like, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of doing whatever I feel like doing YOLO. And I'm like, no, like your life matters. Every single moment matters. What you do when no one's around, what you do when everyone's around, it all matters. And so for me, it was just this, this burden and like this passion and this conviction of, I want to help other people. I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm writing this from like, Oh, I, I got what it takes. Like I figured it out. Like I'm no, perfect. No, it's you're like, just on a journey. No, yeah. we're all on yeah. a journey. And that's the thing is it's not like me even like preaching at people. It's like, Hey, I'm locking arms with you. Yeah. Let's do this thing that's together. Awesome. You know, like let's go through this journey together and just letting people know, like you're not alone, but also like you were made for such greatness and for so much purpose. 
is. And it's also so much bigger than you. It actually has nothing to do with you. And that's the beautiful thing about purpose is that it actually has, I mean, it does have something to do with you, but it's like, it's so much bigger than you. Yeah, it's and got to it work. Yeah. Yeah. Making an impact and leaving an imprint and, and adding value to people. I love that. Like I'm sitting here talking with somebody who's got 1.7 million Instagram followers, somebody who's been in the middle of the public spotlight on one of the biggest shows in all of television. And you're sitting here saying, hey, it's bigger than you. It's bigger yeah. than me. Yeah. And you're saying, I want my whole platform now that's that you've been blessed with, that yeah. the Lord has entrusted with you. You want it to be about something bigger totally. than you, than your brand, whatever it is. You're trying to point people to the one who can change their lives. And yeah. I love that. One question I have is like, coming out of The Bachelor, I, I had uh, Ben Higgins on my show. Oh my God, I love it. We were talking and I was like, dude, like, what was dating like after you were on that show because like does everybody expect that they're going to get a helicopter ride <laughs> to the Swiss Alps or something but like for you like what does it look like for you to be again I'm asking some of these with very selfish intentions because I have daughters yeah and they look up to you totally. and um, I want them to see that there's a different path that they can be the one who yeah. sets the tone totally. sets the standard sets the trend and isn't afraid yeah. to go counterculture so after a show like The Bachelor you know, you seem like you're just, you're about way bigger things. And when the Lord wants to provide the right person to be in your life, he's going to show you, but you're for not sure. going to lower your standards for, for that. anybody. <laughs> right. Is that, yeah. am I right in that? T 100%. Talk about that just a little bit, how you're approaching even dating yeah. in light of this mission that God has you on right now with the mm. book that just came out yesterday, yeah. by the way, we're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my life verse is Acts 20, 24. And it says, for I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Come on. And I'm like, that's why I'm here. That's great. And I think for me, it's like, okay, I don't want to, and this is a constant prayer I have to pray through, right? Because of just the pressures of society and just being in social media and all the things. I don't want to be so consumed with trying to be significant and also trying to find a significant other. I'm like, Lord, you are everything. And like, I'm content in that. Of course, there's moments where I'm like, hmm, that'd be nice. <laughs> like, right, that'd be pretty right, nice. Right. And I think I'm just <laughs> trying to live with that sense. And I think with that comes so much confidence and contentment of truly embracing this season of singleness and also coming from a place of, I know who I am. So I'm not coming from a place of lack, looking for, you know, guys to come into my life to latch on to, tell me who I am, tell me who I am, tell me I'm beautiful, tell me I'm worthy, tell me I'm enough. I'm like, no, I'm more than enough and That's I don't good. really need you. So That's like good. if you want to come alongside of me and you can love me and lead me well because you love others well and lead yourself well, then great. But like if you aren't fit for that and made for that, I don't have time to like waste on you. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. And you can tell if you're coming into contact with somebody who has used their preseason well. Yeah. Have they trained? Have they right. been ready? 100%. Are they made for the moment mm -hmm. that they're coming to meet you? Amen. You know, yeah. that, that's awesome. Yeah. And that'll preach for my daughters. And yeah. I'm so glad I got you to share a little yeah. bit about and that. And I would just say, yeah, like, don't settle. So many of your decisions are going to come from a place of who you believe that you are. And when you know whose you are and who you belong on, to, it yes. gives you a sense of purpose and confidence that you're like, I don't care if every single person around me is married. Like, and that's honestly my reality. I'm 
I'm like 99% of my friends are married and dating and I'm over here like just in my own little world. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. Because if I'm 50 years old and find my person or if I never find my person, like Jesus is enough and I'm not going to settle because like I'm not going to compromise in any way because I know who I am. I know what I deserve. I know God's best for my life and I'm not going to settle for anything less than that. That's inspiring stuff. Her name's Madison Pruitt. Her brand new book just came out yesterday and she turned down every other national television show in her, I mean today she, she turned them all down she said no I'm going to the story house just the story house that's it <laughs> okay I'm totally making that up but uh this book is a must read did you do an audiobook I did okay. I did an audiobook because I love pointing people to mm-hmm. all the different places they yep. can find My I'm going to pick one lucky listener of this podcast and I'm going to send them a copy of the book that I'm purchasing that. I don't take free books I buy <laughs> books to support the cause but uh, I can't recommend this enough made for this moment Standing firm with strength, grace, and courage, and Madison Pruitt, Pastor Pruitt, Pastor Pruitt, you have done just that, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm super inspired by you. I feel like daddish, but I was going to say I'm proud of you, but like I just think it's so great what you're doing, how you're yeah. using your platform, how you're standing up for your faith, how you're stepping into the moment, Thank knowing you. the importance of who you are begins by discovering who you belong Mm. to and whose you are. So this is going to be a great read, especially for girls out there, right? Mm -hmm. It's for everybody, but... It's for everybody, but I would say as being a female, like, of course, it's just easier to relate to females and Esther being kind of like the heartbeat of the story. But I mean, it relates to anybody, like just knowing, hey, like you you can know who you are and stand firm in your convictions, no matter what's going on around you you know, whoever is, you are, wherever yeah, you are. Yeah, this is a read for everybody, um, but it's definitely going to be a read that I'm going to get for both of my daughters yeah. to read. So they'll be, I would say for their stockings at Christmas time, but I'm not going to wait that long. So, <laughs> hey, congratulations on your new book. Thank this you. This is exciting, right? Was this uh, a dream of yours that when you finally held the finished book, what'd that feel like? Crazy. I cried. Crazy. You did? I cried. Yeah. See, it's, it's This is it's blood, crazy. sweat, and tears. People need to understand, oh, listening yeah. to this podcast, like when, when we're talking about a book, we're not just promoting right. a, a bunch of pages thrown together. Like totally. this is your heart and soul. This is your story. And yeah. you wrote it because you believe it's going to encourage somebody. Yeah, it was a lot. And I'm not a very vulnerable person. So to me, it was like, like putting it out there. Yeah, a I bit. was like, whoo, put myself <laughs> out there. Like people were really seeing everything. Like they're seeing past struggles, current struggles, like, you know, but I think that that's so beautiful. And again, I just wanted people to know you're not alone in yes. those feelings of, is this all there is? Am I made for a reason? Does mm-hmm. God really see me, love me, have great things for me? That's good. And um, so I wrote with all of those readers in yeah. mind and like, man, prayed. I pr- I've prayed so hard for every single yeah. person that's going to purchase the book and just praying and believing that, you know, it's just going to lead them closer to Jesus and to the one truth, God's word. And uh, that's, that's my prayer. And like you said, earlier you're gonna you're walking with people you're yeah. joining them on the journey right. and that's the good stuff there's a, a song of mine talks about letting the truth be told and being mm. honest and authentic and you're doing that in this interview you did that on the bachelor and you're doing that with this brand new book that's going to sell mil- so many copies mm. that uh they're gonna have to cut down so many trees and then you'll get criticized <laughs> on social media <laughs> for being uh, we, anti-environment we yeah hey thanks that. for coming to the story thank house. you so much for having me All right, now it's time for songs from the story house. We're going to do something a little weird today, and it's going to be short and sweet, but I just have to shine a light on my friends, the band Kane, and I got to have them on the podcast. I haven't done that yet. They've just had a couple of huge hits, and they're, they're such sweet, sweet people, but they recently did something for 
the Dove Awards. Now, I was honored to have a song that I wrote, Truth Be Told, be nominated for Song of the Year at the Dove Awards this year. So um, just very cool and very humbled by that. But Kane did an acapella version of the chorus, and it absolutely blew me away. And so today's songs from the Story House is going to be short, sweet, and, uh, well, let's just say goosebumps. Straight from their social media post, here is Kane's acapella rendition of Truth Be Told. And by the way, it made me want to quit my day job. <laughs> Ready? Say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. I'm broken when it's out of control. I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it. When being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fault, there's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth be told. What did I tell you? That was pretty amazing, right? They are so talented. If you haven't listened to their music, of course, their uh, two breakout hits, Rise Up and Yes, He Can. And I wrote a song with them for their debut album. The song is I'm So Blessed, which we'll have to feature on an episode of the podcast as well. So be sure to check out Kane on social media. Go support them. And uh, it was I, I was humbled to hear their rendition of, of a song that means a whole lot to me. And thanks to you guys for letting that song be part of your lives. All right, uh, let's move on, my friends. All right, he's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why today's last segment of the show is called Dad Vice. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining us as always. Send us out. We've been, our theme has been What If? For obvious reasons, that's been the song on the radio. We're encouraging people to live a no-what-if kind of life. No regrets, no what-ifs. Let's talk about today being day one. What if today could be day one? Yes, it's a great challenge. If you remember, Matthew, you have uh, another song like What If, and it was called Day One in your Live Forever album, and uh it zeroed in on 86,400 seconds. And then some of the words of the song, it's day one of the rest of my life. It's day one of the best of my life. I'm marching on to the beat of a brand new drum. Here I come. The future has begun. Day one. I just want to zero in on two things and with day one involved. Number one, he is a God who forgives every morning his mercies are new. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Some more words of your song. Every morning, every morning, mercy's new. Every morning, every morning, I will fix my eyes on you. Every morning, every morning, mercy's new. Every morning, every morning, sun's coming up. The beginning has begun. It's day one of the rest of my life. 
One, he is a God who forgives. Every morning we can wake up with that promise. His mercies are new. And then number two, he is a God who gives do-overs. He is the God of second chances. I'm thinking of two individuals in the Bible that are great examples of this. Number one, Jonah. Jonah disobeyed, but God gave him a second chance. And in Jonah 1.3, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He took his second chance and went to Nineveh, and many were saved. And then Peter, Mark 16, 7, an angel spoke and said, Go tell the disciples and Peter to go to Galilee, and they there they will see him. Peter had miserably failed Jesus when he was about ready to be crucified. But at the resurrection, the angel said, Go ahead and get the disciples and Peter. Here's a great quote. God believes in second chances and even third chances. He believes in moving past the mistake. He believes in helping us to become who he knows we can become. In conclusion, I want to just share this great illustration. And Years ago, I saw this quote framed in one of our Poppy board members' homes, and I never forgot it. And here's what it said. In our home, we thank God for every blessing. We give second chances. We forgive. We say, I'm sorry. We encourage one another. We give hugs and kisses. We laugh a lot. We take nothing for granted. We say, I love you every day. We are family. God is saying that very thing to you and me today. We get a second chance. We can be forgiven. So wherever you're at today out there, remember, It's day one. God's mercies is new, and he gives us second chances. Love it. We were just talking with, uh, I was just talking with my friend Madison Pruitt about, you know, the story of Jonah, about, you know, her book is called Made for This Moment, and talking about just uh, being prepared to stand up for what you believe and to step into what God has called you to do. And Jonah is one of the examples talked about. It's a great example of somebody who his first instinct was to run from uh, the moment to run from what God had called him to do, but God gave him another chance. It took a little convincing from from a whale <laughs> swallowing up, but uh, don't we all need a little convincing from time to time? So great reminder, today's day one. Hey, maybe, maybe yesterday, maybe even today, you've been tempted to shy away from what you know the Lord's calling you to do. Step into his new mercy for a new day and realize that this new mercy gives you a new chance to step into his will for your life and not away from it. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. All right, my friends, that is today's show. Thank you so much to my guest, Madison Pruitt. Be sure to check out her new book, Made for This Moment. We will post a link at matthewwest.com slash podcast. And by the way, if you've missed any one of our 70 episodes, you can go there for some great resources, links to books, or um, just more information on every one of the fascinating guests that we have had. So thanks to Madison for joining me. Very excited to see what God is going to continue to do through her life and her platform. As always, I want to thank my dad as well for joining me with Dad Vice. You hear me talk about it every week, but uh, it's a real blessing to be able to be in ministry with my dad. We have a nonprofit ministry called Pop We, and at popwe.org, you can find all sorts of great resources. You can experience powerful stories. You can share your own story of what God is doing in your life. You can submit a prayer request and know that thousands of people around the world will be lifting you up. How cool is that? And of course, you can join thousands of people who are 
are already receiving a free weekly devotional that we call Day One Devos. They're emailed straight to your inbox as a gift from us to you to remind you that you can't make it through this life without spending time with Jesus, taking care of first things first. So go to popwe.org today. We would love to stay in contact with you that way. All right, go make it a great rest of your day. Remember, you get one shot at this life, and you're not the author of the story. You know who the real author is. Remember, it's your story for his glory. God bless y'all. Have a great day. Seriously, I, I, I do.